So when we started the Springs and Roots podcast, it really was birthed out of some phenomenal conversations that Casey and I were having. And one of the heartbeats behind Springs and Roots is to bring you, you know, authentic conversations that we're having coming out of our everyday lives. Yeah. Because our whole tagline is how our faith informs our lives. Yep. And so, you know, once again, you know, in your quiet time, the Lord is highlighting things to you that he is probably would be highlighting to a lot of us. And you just started sharing some things a couple of weeks ago that wrecked me and we wanted to bring it to our listeners this week. Yeah. Well, I think we've learned that if the Lord is saying it to us, he's probably saying it to somebody else too, or needs to say it. If he says it to you, I probably need to hear it in some yeah. capacity. Like we just, so, I mean, that's kind of the heart behind this podcast, honestly. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that's the beauty for of believers. We need each other. Yeah. Build one another up, right? Yes, that's right. Build me up, buttercup. <laughs> Don't break my heart. Um, no, so this started, uh, oh gosh. This started uh, this conversation with the Lord. I had this conversation with the Lord uh, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, maybe now. And it was just during my quiet time. I sat down to meet with the Lord. And um, it was kind of one of those days where I sat down like expectant, like I need to hear from you, Lord. And there's some days where the Holy Spirit shows up. Like you can feel the tangible, like palpable presence of the, of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And then there's other days where you're, you have to push through. Yeah, you're plowing. <laughs> yeah. And the Lord is in all of those and he meets you in all of those. But um, this was one of those days where I needed a touch and I was like, eh. <laughs> and um, I'm reading, I think I was reading in first Thessalonians at the time. And um, it just, I was struggling. I was definitely plowing and and not getting a lot. Like there wasn't like, it just, you know, anyways, I, I felt like I just kind of remember putting my Bible down for a minute. I was sitting on the front porch, picking up my coffee, taking a drink and watching the birds. And I felt like in that moment of just pause, I felt that verse, you know, that prayer that David prayed in the Psalms where he says, search me and know me, see if there's any offensive way in me. And I felt that stir Mm. and, um, it, you know, kind of, it's like the ticker tape, you know, behind the eyes, it like flashed by and I was like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Another sip of coffee, watch the birds a little longer. No, I'm good. I think I'm good. So I picked the Bible back up to keep reading and it did it again. Like this ticker tape behind the eyes, like search me, search me, know me. And so I've learned and I've watched with the Lord long enough to, you know, maybe one time I could dismiss it, but two, I've learned to pay attention and lean in, even if it's not something necessarily that I want to hear, think I need to hear or want to present to. Yes. So I set the Bible down and I did it. I was like, okay, Lord. I hear you. I I receive it. And I closed my eyes, took a big deep breath and I prayed it. Okay, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart, Lord. What offensive thing is in me? What are you trying to address? What are you bringing to the surface? And immediately he brought to mind a conversation I'd had with my husband. It was, had been an ongoing discussion. It was not a fight. It was not even an argument or, I mean, it really was just a discussion, like a back and forth that we were kind of having over a period of time on, to this day, I don't even actually remember what the topic was, but it was just something where we weren't seeing eye to eye and we kept having to kind of revisit it. And I felt like the Lord was just said, you have some idols, like you have some idols, you've put some things above me and above relationships in your life. And I felt like he was bringing this conversation to mind. 
And what I felt like he said to me in that moment was that I was valuing my own opinion above my relationship with my husband and above my relationship with the Lord, with the father. And it was really kind of an arrow, like from the father, like, you know, we talk about arrows from the enemy, but like, it was a piercing of my heart. It was a deep conviction. It was like a, whoa, Mm -hmm. are you sure, Lord? Like, are you sure this is not, you know, this was not my intention. This was not my, but he just began to reveal, you know, I think, I think when the Lord moves in our lives, he does peel us a little bit like onions and like we, he takes one layer off and we're like, Oh, we're good. Okay, good. Like, I mean, perfectionism is one I talk about a lot. I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) And, but I feel like those, those, that's been a layer he's had to peel time and time again. to me when I think I'm good, he's like, well, let's address this one more time. So in that moment I was, I, I was like, I, this was not my intention to, you know, to have this as an idol or to, to have this as an offensive thing. I just was trying to work this out. You know, you thought it was just being you. Exactly. I'm an opinionated person. But anyways, the point is, is that in that moment, the Lord really began to reveal to me that I had made my own opinion an idol that I was, that my stubbornness in my stubbornness and in my selfishness, I was self worshiping. I was worshiping like holding my, opinion, my thoughts in a higher regard than I was my husband's or even the Lord's in that moment, because clearly the Lord was asking me to be humble and be submissive. And, and, and I was ignoring it. So this is just, he was peeling this onion and showing me all these layers. And it was really just a hard thing to hear if I'm honest, because, um, nobody really wants to hear that. I don't think, but it was just, so anyways, it just kind of set me on this like couple, couple days of like, all right, Lord, I did not know that idols was something I struggled with because in my mind, I think, I think probably all of us think of idols. Like when, when the Bible addresses them in the old Testament specifically, it's carven image, carven images or, um, like, you know, cast images in stone and gold, right. Right. And metal and iron, things like that. Um, and, but it's not like specifically ideas or thoughts or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't hold my house as an idol. I don't hold belongings as an idol. And, but the Lord just started showing me that, th- that there's lots of things that we hold in a place of esteem and I hold in a place of esteem in my life that is above him. Right. In Sunday school, it's exactly right. You know, you learn about how the Israelites worshiped idols and, you know, then your youth group leader would say your idols could be money or your car or your friends, but which they still could be absolutely. absolutely, you know, belongings. But what you're talking about that the Lord was addressing with you was more of these abstract things that we can't necessarily see but it doesn't mean that they're not there. And so, you know, just to talk about idols for a minute, what those idols could be, the idols that you can't necessarily see. The scripture has a lot to say about what idolatry actually is. And so we just wanted to dive into that for a few minutes because we need to be able to identify idols in our lives because idols hinder our walk with the Lord. And if we did learn anything from, you know, Sunday school, we don't want to (laughs) be idolaters. And so let's just dive into that for a minute and talk about, you know, maybe what these abstract idols could be and then move on. 
Well, um, we could start with the super basics. Um, When the Lord gives the commandments, right? When Moses brings the commandments to the Israelites in Exodus. Let's start at the very beginning as the song goes. The beginning is good. (laughs) So this is Exodus 20, um, Exodus 20, verse four. It says, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So this verse is, this is an intense verse, actually. It is. Because it's it's talking about the idol worship. It's saying anything that you worship. So worship is anything that you esteem, desire, you use the word desire when we were praying. And I thought that was a really good um, word to use because it's anything you desire. So in this situation I was talking about, I desired my own opinion over that of my husband's. So anything you desire, anything you worship um, is an idol. And he's saying that if you are worshiping something that is not him, you are hating him. It's he's equating it to hating him. Wow. I will punish those who hate me. And so that's, that's intense. And it's not just you, it's generational. Right. Exactly. Conversely, he says, I will show love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. It's that whole thing of you shall not have any other gods before me. And I would say the Lord doesn't want us to have any gods, but that's the whole problem with idols is we make it a God. We make it something that um, we give power to. And that's kind of like the definition of a God is something that has power. And so when we desire something and we, you know, long for something or we put something in power over us, and that's why it's so dangerous to us because we're giving by surrendering to it, by bowing down to it. We are giving it power over us. And so that that's why, you know, the Lord's like, don't do this yeah. because you're positioning yourself to reap something negative. But if you will only surrender to me, bow down to me, then you position yourself to reap the blessing. Yeah. And I think the other component is the unseen component, the yes. spiritual component, the spiritual forces that are at work because the Bible equates idolatry with witchcraft over and over and over yes. again. I mean, they're linked together, idolatry and witchcraft throughout the old and the new Testament. Yes. We may just think, Oh, I really value this or whatever. But what we don't see is there are evil forces behind that that yes. are at play. And so when we are giving that power, we're not just giving that power to an item yes. or an opinion, to nothing. but there are spiritual forces at work. Always. The Bible says it, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it is against the spiritual principalities. And right. so we, we can't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. We can't just dismiss that anytime that we are, we are revering something above the Lord putting a God, a little G before the big G that is partnering with the enemy in witchcraft and idolatry. We both said that verse is really intense, but all God's doing is telling us the truth. He's not, it's not a threat. So it would be the same if you tell your child there's a four lanes of highway and they want to cross the highway and you say, if you cross that highway, you will probably get ran over and killed. That's a fact. It's not a, I'm threatening you if you don't do what I want you to do. It is a fact. That's the reason why idols are so dangerous to us is because of the power behind it. Yeah. But you should read that verse in Samuel because that's, mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's talk about Saul. Yeah. Okay, here's the setting. Um, Saul doesn't listen to the prophet because he is worried about what other people think. Mm -hmm. That could be an idol. (laughs) (laughs) He's worried about what other people think. And he's constantly just because of his fear of man and his insecurity, which I think were Saul's idols, he keeps on doing things that God has specifically through the prophet told him don't do or to do. And then Samuel comes and he says this to him. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Ooh, it's just arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. Arrogance. Arrogance is our own opinion. It is thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. And that is the the, very clearly they're saying to Saul, Samuel saying to Saul, like you have been arrogant and that is idolatry. That is a form of idolatry. And so again, that comes back to, if we want to put it in modern language, it's stubbornness is the worship of our own opinion. Yeah. And how important is that today, Casey, in what we're seeing today. (laughs) It's huge. I was telling you, I mean, on the way over to record, I was feeling the conviction even in this because there are, there are so many options right now for, for us to be divided. There's like, typically it's just one thing or another, but there are so many things happening in our world right now for even just believers to be divided over. We're not even talking about Republicans and Democrats. We're not even talking about like saints and sinners. We're just talking about Christians, the church. There are so many Mm. options. Take your pick. And I definitely like you, I know you because we've had these conversations. We have strong opinions about things and strong feelings about things. But I just felt the conviction of the, you know, the Lord saying, make sure that those aren't becoming an idol. Make sure that what you feel and what you think and expressing what you feel and what you think are not tripping other people up and becoming an idol to you or to them. That's right. And um, I think it's really prevalent right now. And I think that that's why this word is so timely. It is. And it is that whole, you know, making an idol of our opinions. And, and I think this is the thing. And And this is something that we've had to talk through because it's really hard to actually kind of say what you're saying and make sure that what you're hearing is our heart because we're not saying we shouldn't have opinions. We should. And our opinions should be based upon the word of God. What we're saying is don't put those above the commands that the Lord has given us, which is to love one another. In Colossians, it talks about, you know, setting your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ says, therefore put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Mm. And so I think that's, you know, that's our heart that we want to get across because that's what we're challenging each other to And I felt probably about two months into the pandemic, the Lord convicted me on this um, because I was actually offending, I think, even my kids, honestly, (laughs) because I was just so intense with, you know, this is wrong. This is right, et cetera. And the Lord just reminded me, put on love. And so that's the thing. And, And when we say put on love, God is love. Yes. 
if I'm trying to get my opinion across over relationship, then, then that is not what the Lord is asking me because he did say that he said relationships over opinions. And I, I told you, I wrote it down in my journal as I was working this out with him. I was like, always (laughs) big question mark. Like always, am I supposed to do this? Like, what if I really feel like I am right? What if I feel like, what if I know deep down in your knower in the core in my knower? (laughs) Yeah. What if I know that I'm right? And the Lord, what the Lord very clearly said to me is he said, when you are trying to manipulate or when you're trying to control someone with your beliefs or your opinions, that's manipulation. And that is witchcraft, first of all. But second of all, oftentimes when I try to force my opinion or when I try to, I wouldn't maybe use the word force. I would maybe try to say guide, heavy handedly guide (laughs) someone along on my opinion or my, my way, um, that that is, that is manipulation, but that is a breeding ground for mutual resentment in the relationship division and those sorts of things. And that just takes us down a whole path. And, and oftentimes if I am right, um, and I think we know this as parents, we know we're right, but sometimes we have to let our kids figure it out. And sometimes those natural consequences of whatever happens is more powerful than if we tried to force something to be done our way. Yes. And so I think that just those three things came into play. I don't want a partner in witchcraft through manipulation and control. I don't want mutual resentment to breed in any relationship that I have. And I want the Lord, the Lord's plan to be what unfolds, not Casey's plan. And so I think those were three things that he really highlighted. And that when it is time for me to express my opinion, he, the Holy spirit is inside of me and to know that that will, that he will lead me and guide me in those times and those moments. I will know. That's so good. Yeah. And if we could just sprinkle those things into every person that's on Facebook, <laughs> then the world would be a happier place. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but I mean, it, it it's really true. And so what you're really identifying is the dangers of idols. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing. Again, it goes back to when the Lord said that so strongly in Exodus, he was saying it because he's like, Hey, I know that if you partner with idolatry, it's dangerous to you. And everything he says to us is from the voice of a loving father. Yes. Like you said, even it, though it felt like an arrow that morning, it was the arrow of love. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what we always need to remember. You know, if the Lord would identify the idols in our lives, even though it's very difficult, it's all because he knows that they're very dangerous to us. He also knows that they're worthless. Yes. And, and that was actually, I think another thing I learned in Sunday school, but I think the Hebrew word for idol is something worthless, Hmm. but the misnomer for that, that I learned that was not true or that I thought was that they were powerless. And so I love that we're addressing today that just because it's worthless doesn't mean it's powerless. You know, the enemy, I wouldn't say he's a treasure, but he definitely has power. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that we, that it, we need to know both sides. Yes. They're worthless in the sight of our heavenly father Mm -hmm. because they bring us nothing. Yeah. They are like piling up trash. Yes. They bring up, they bring death, but they're not powerless. They have power. And so we just want to, you know, encourage others as this really has been encouraging to me. It's like, maybe be bold. Like you were that morning, you know, and ask the Lord, search my heart. 
I know immediately what my idols are. Yeah. And well, that's a good question. Well, we got to get rid of them. Well, but that's a good question. Okay. So for me in this instance, it was my opinion, my own opinion, asserting my opinion, being right was more important to me than, than loving my husband. Well, loving the father well in that moment. And, and, but there's others. And I think that that's really important for some people. It's status yes. or self image, like always, you know, looking the right way, feeling the right way, either with your body or your, your own physical appearance or with your home or could be your, your words, intellect. your intellect. Yeah. That's a good one for some people. It is actual belongings. It could be a car. It could be a house. Yes. It could be, you know, we were joking on our Instagram um, stories. This or their post this, this, this summer about do not cover your neighbor's donkey, but it's really true true. Like yes. there's always something, you know, that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. So that could be um, a stumbling block for some or could be an idol for some. But I think it could be your political beliefs. It could be your ideologies. It could be religion. And Mark, the yes. Lord dresses this saying that you're just um, Jesus says it. And I think it's chapter seven. He says, like, you're doing this just for the traditions. Like it's not it doesn't hold value. Yeah. And that the traditions of men man above the commandments of God. God. And that is placing those things as an idol. So religion can be very much an idol because if you're taking the Lord out of it, it's when over. We, when we moved here four years ago, one of the things that the Lord really confronted me with, um, which again, if I had not moved here, I, I probably would not. I mean, I guess he could have shown it to me, but either way, when we moved here, we didn't know anyone. And so where, when we lived in Vermont after, you know, several years, uh, I knew a lot of people. I had a lot of different touches and very, a lot of communities and what I didn't realize was that when we moved here and no one knew me, that I had made what people think of me and kind of like my, I want to say status in air yeah. quotes, but my status like in the church community was an idol to yeah. me because I had made it part of my identity. And so because people thought a certain way of Linda, they saw Linda a certain way. I put my security in that. And that's yeah. another thing. Well, how you can identify if you have an idol is like, do you put your security yes. in it? Because when I showed up here and I would go to church and I would try to talk to people, I was immediately the most insecure person that you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. And I was really looking at myself like, why are you acting this way? You, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord was like, because you're, because this is actually how you feel. You actually are insecure. You put your security in what people thought of you and your status in the church community. And it was an idol. Yeah. And it was, it was hurting me. And if I had continued on with it, it would have hurt me more. Yeah. I would have never even realized I had it, yeah. had I probably not moved here and been faced with that reality. Yeah. I think those are areas that specifically trip a lot of people up. Identity, security, um, our future control, like what we're, con what we're trying to control. So I think that those are some good questions to ask is where are you placing your trust? Yes. Where are you finding security? And what do you find your identity? Where, who, yeah. Where are you looking to find where you belong, your identity, your who you're supposed to be, who you are, those sorts of questions. Who um, who do I love? What do I love more than God? What am I placing in, in that space um, in my heart? Where our treasure is, our heart will be. And I think that can also treasure, you could switch that out and say thoughts. What are you thinking about? I was just going to say, what is, what consumes our yeah. thoughts? And though we have a lot to think about each day <laughs> because we're all doing a million things, what is the lens through which our thoughts are all filtered? And yeah. even when we're parenting, like, do we parent out of fear? Do we, um, 
you know, when we have our relationships, what do we, uh, everything, like what is the lens of our lives? And that, if that lens is not the Lord, yeah, could be an idol. Yeah. You know, just to circle back to the initial conversation, it was kind of shocking because I would have said, I would have answered, oh, I love the Lord. My security is in him. My identity is in him. But actually when he began to peel back the layer, he was showing me that, you know, these, these areas where I'm falling short and and there wasn't condemnation. I want to, I want to say oh, this yeah. really quickly. I, I think that a lot of times that we feel and we think that if the Lord is bringing correction, there's shame in that. And we've talked about this before, but the Lord is loving and kind and gentle in his direction and his correction of us. And if you're hearing a voice that isn't, that's not the Lord, that's not the heavenly father. So I just want to say that, that even when I said this, it was a gentle conviction. I mean, it was, it, I felt it deeply. Yeah, I felt powerful, like, but oh my goodness, yeah. I did not. I felt like I am wrong. I have messed up, but I didn't run. I've learned long, long ago to lean into that. And so um, I just want to offer that encouraging word, I guess that that if you're having this quiet time, if you are brave enough to pray this prayer, Lord, search me, search my heart, know what's in me and, and show me. There's another verse that says, take the coal, cleanse my lips, Lord, here I am. And it's the same thing. It's a purification. Lord, what is in me that needs to come out? What is in me that is not um, in line with your word and in line with your plan and your desire and your heart for me? And, um, anyways, I just, I think that that's the brave thing to do. Yes. And, um, the Lord will meet you there. He's faithful to meet you there and bring correction and direction. Yeah. And that's the answer. You know, if you've been listening to us and the Lord has been maybe highlighting an idol that, you know, you could be partnering with, then my, I'm always the practical, how do I get rid of it? Mm-hmm. Right. It's very simple. It's what you just described. Yeah. We ac- first acknowledge that is confess. Yeah. Yes, I have been in agreement with this. And then we repent, we turn away from it and we turn more fully to the, to the Lord. Yes. And that goes back to the original command to worship. Worship means to bow down, but what it in our hearts, it means to surrender to. So stop surrendering to something that is worthless or that has a negative power over you and begin to turn and surrender to the one who has your very best interests at heart, who will never lead you incorrectly. And I also think it's really hard to give idols of any kind of foothold in our lives. If we are living lives that are thankful and grateful from a really authentic place, if we are living and striving for contentedness in the Lord and the father, but also if we are just thankful and grateful for what we have, if we're pursuing that really wholeheartedly, I think it's very, it's a lot harder to begin to turn to an idol because we're thankful for what he has given us and what he has done. And so I think that's a, and that ties in with the fruits of the spirit. Are you going to read that? Yeah. So in Galatians five, it talks about the works of the flesh, which was exactly what Colossians was saying, put off the works of the flesh, which are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. (laughs) Have they been on Facebook? Selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And so it's just that whole idea again, like we have a choice of yep. how we live. Um, 
we can choose to give power to idols or we can choose to surrender to the Lord. And in doing that, we're going to walk in the spirit. And it, I think that enemy wants to make us feel like it's complex, but actually it's truly simple if we just put our minds towards, towards heavenly things, towards the Lord, towards love and focus on those things. Yeah. Yep. I think, um, I think it's a timely word. I'm feeling it. Even as we're talking about it, I'm, I'm feeling just again, the, the little pinpricks of conviction and areas where I know that, you know, I'm more concerned about my own opinion and what I have to say than actually loving the people around me. Well, so I think, um, this is good. I needed it again. I always need whenever we (laughs) sit down to have a conversation, we know what we're going to talk about beforehand, typically, but I still need it. I still, yeah, we, <laughs> we hash out like another layer of it and another right. whatever. So, yeah. well, and it's time, it's time for the, the people of God to press in like we never have before into the things of the Lord, which is becoming like Jesus. And that's really, if you want to boil it all down, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about becoming um, like Jesus. And so that's what we want to encourage each other to do every time we're together. And we also want to encourage our listeners. Mm-hmm.